Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Is podcasting a creative act? Is there an art to podcasting? Now, I'm admittedly biased, but I think so. If you've been listening for a while, you'll remember that I interviewed Lauren Van Hamert, arts journalist and podcaster with RDU on stage earlier this year. Lauren's podcast focused on theater practitioners in the Triangle area. Today, I'm speaking with another local podcaster with a broader slate of interview guests and audience. John Carter, with the 919 Podcast, interviews all sorts of interesting people from the Triangle, from the mayor of Durham to restaurant owners to real estate agents and on and on. As a side note, he does have several episodes that are focused on arts in the Triangle, including the Bulldog Ensemble Theater, Full Frame Film Festival, Film Fest 919, among others. For listeners who aren't from around here, 919 is our area code. Please see the show notes for links to some of the episodes that John and I discuss. In this conversation, John talks about why he started his podcast, what he's learned, why this region is so amazingly interesting, and the creativity required to make and keep making a podcast. John Carter is a Raleigh-based management consultant who works with Fortune 500 companies to improve their business processes and procurement operations. A North Carolina native, he holds a Bachelor's of Science in Supply Chain Management and Industrial Engineering from North Carolina State University. In 2018, John created the 919 Podcast as a way of learning about and promoting his favorite area code, which contains the cities of Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. Apart from working and podcasting, John and his wife, Katie, are avid travelers and spend much of their free time mentoring college students through their church in Raleigh. Enjoy the episode. Hi, John. Hi, Tamara. How are you? Great. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. So we're going to talk today about your podcast, The 919. But before we do that... I would like to hear a little bit more about what you do in your non-podcast life. Non-podcast life. So unfortunately, I can't do podcasting full-time. That would be that would be the dream. That'd be so cool. But I was fortunate enough to graduate from NC State. I had a great degree there, a great time there. And uh, it's it allowed me to have a job at IBM starting off. And then now I work for another consultancy. But I help Fortune 500 companies spend their money better. So management consulting or more specifically procurement consulting. So how companies buy things or buy services. That's what I help. Oh, very interesting. interesting, That's what I do. That's my day job. Mm -hmm. Do you see any kind of overlap between the skills that you use in that job and podcasting? Or are they two pretty separate experiences? This is so interesting because uh, I I actually think about this a lot. When you're consulting, when you're consulting for companies and working with a lot of different people and having to problem solve creatively, you have you have to be creative. And I think that's and we can talk about this plenty, but that is what art, I think, is all about Mm -hmm. is being creative, thinking about something that maybe hasn't been done before and depending on the medium that you pick. So I think there's tons of parallels. There's 
especially when it comes to podcasting, there's a parallel because every day I'm talking with different people from different backgrounds and I have to get to know them and know what they're about, who they are, what they do. And that translates to podcasting. And you know this very well because you have to, you're interviewing someone and I interview people. It's in a different context, but I interview people all the time on the job and then have to be creative about how we're going to solve their problems. And I think there's a lot of that in podcasting. You have to be creative about how you ask questions and drive the narrative or ask them to tell stories. So cool. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit later about kind of the art of podcasting because I, <laughs> I agree with you that there is an art and there's a lot of creativity wrapped up in that. But before we do that, let's talk about your podcast. So you started your podcast in January of 2018. Yes. And you're almost 60 episodes in. Last I looked, you have quite That's a few. A <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. You have quite a few downloads too. Like 10,000 is on the horizon. So that's really exciting and congratulations. Why did you start a podcast generally? And more specifically, why did you focus on this area? So for years while I was attending uh, NC State, I've been listening to podcasts. I think it's, you know, I'm an avid reader, but you can't read in the car. That's right. dangerous, right? That, that'd <laughs> Don't be, do that. That'd be bad. <laughs> It's hard to read while doing chores and, uh, I mean, the exercise, right? You can't, like, pick up a book and then lift a weight. So there's just a lot of things where I, I can't read. So podcasts are fantastic. I've I've enjoyed them for so many years now. Uh, and there's, there's so many people that are interested in so many things. There's a podcast about just about everything. It's just convenient to my lifestyle. So uh, there's there's honesty when people sit down on a podcast. They just want to. Sh- they just feel like, oh, I can I can say anything I want, and let's just be honest with each other. So that's really refreshing listening to podcasts. I am a very extroverted person, and so I I enjoy getting to know people and getting to figure them out. And I'm I'm really I consider myself maybe not an interesting person, but I consider myself a very interested person. So I love hearing about people. So when I was graduating NC State, I just graduated, got married, got, um, you know, working in RTP. And so I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm from Winston-Salem. I I would love to go back uh, and be there or somewhere else, you know, wherever I'm um, called to. But for now, it's Raleigh. So I really want to learn about the city in which I'm living. I consider it bigger. You know, this whole area is Raleigh to me, right. but it's it's really the triangle. <laughs> right. But I said, well, I really want to know more about the triangle. So surely there's a podcast out there that, you know, there's plenty of people that have done this before. I, I went all over and I could not find a podcast that it was in general about the triangle. Uh, there were quite a few niche uh, podcasts, for example, The Artist Soapbox. Have you heard? Of <laughs> I've, I've heard of this, yes. <laughs> Which is a, by the way, I'm so glad that we're able to talk because we've, we've met each other in passing. Uh, we haven't had a chance to uh, sit down and actually talk and meet each other. So very thankful for that. Uh, but you, so your podcast is amazing, but it, it is focused on art right. and the triangle. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a very specific. Um, there's one about beer which is another fantastic subject uh, to talk about. There's one about sports, but there was really no podcast at the time that had to do with just the triangle in general and getting to know a more broad view of what's going on in the triangle, which is what I really cared about. Mm-hmm. If there's a certain subject, of course, I'll go into it. So immediately my, my business mindset was like, well, if there's a need, maybe I can fill that need. But then I thought to myself, we can get into this later. I thought, I'm not nearly artsy enough Mm. to create a podcast. I can't do that. And so I didn't. And then I had, (laughs) I've told this to my two friends. I've had them on the podcast before. Um, My friends from Winston-Salem created a podcast. uh, And they were just talking about, they had just started a a video, like a video 
media marketing company. And they started a podcast about their journey. I was like, well, if these knuckleheads can, <laughs> can do it, surely I can figure it out. Um, that's as said in love. Uh, those are very smart guys. But seriously, I was like, you know, I, I can figure this out. They, they figured it out. So, yeah, I started right after Christmas. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And if I have five followers uh, after a year, great. I'll probably I'll end. It, it's been fun. At the very least, I get to meet people, uh, which I love doing. I get to find out about them, learn. It's me learning about the the triangle. That's what it started out as. And if there happens to be more people that want to listen, all the better. I'll keep doing it. Obviously, there's there's a crowd for that. So that's why I focus on the 919. And it's turned out to be really cool because there's been a lot of people who have listened and way more than I thought, more than just my mom and my wife <laughs> and, uh, and you know my brother every once in a while. So you know, there are people that listen and obviously I, I've been able to meet so many different people from different backgrounds and that that's just been the coolest thing. As you mentioned, you have interviewed a wide array. That is amazing. For people who are artists, you have spoken about two different film festivals and a theater company, but you've also mm-hmm. spoken to people about the state fair and RTP. You interviewed the mayor of Durham. So it's really an incredible group of guests what do you feel like you have learned that you didn't know about this area? And are there any episodes in particular that have stuck in your mind? Gosh, okay. Yeah, sure, I've learned a lot about the triangle. Mm-hmm. That was That's the whole purpose of the, of the podcast is understanding the triangle. But I hope my listeners have also, and because I've discovered this myself, I hope that they realize that like the people I interview and you said yourself, there's a wide variety of people that I'm interviewing and getting to know, and they have very different views on things, and they have very different walks of life and ha- and backgrounds and what they do on a daily basis, what their interests are, because these are people. Mm-hmm. And that's been so good for me just to understand, like, the triangle is made up of so many, it's just so dynamic. There's so many different people. And so that's, I think that's actually been the bigger Besides just learning about the triangle, that's been the biggest takeaway for me is like, you know what, we're all here together and there's so many different backgrounds and, you know, we don't have to agree on everything. And that's actually really healthy. And it's been cool to get to to know other people. Was there an episode that has stuck in your mind that either surprised you or it went in a different direction? Um, There's a couple that come to mind. Full Frame Documentary, which is a, a established film festival in the area. That was maybe one of the first episodes. I've always interviewed people that were you know, established in the area, but this was a person, uh, Deidre Hodge. I realized while I was interviewing her, she's way too important for me to be talking with. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a really, and it's there, there's been several episodes since then where I've like I realized you're way too important for me. Thank you so much. But then they thank me afterwards. I'm like. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> it's, sure. Like I'm glad I could fit you in. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was that was that stuck out to me just because like that was the first time I was like I'm doing I'm talking with really cool important people, but at the end of the day they're human beings and they they have a story to tell too. So that's been cool. I'm proud, you know, to have interviewed. Well, I'm proud of any interview um, I have, but like to interview um, organizations like the Durham Bulls, Burry Bavana, which was featured on Forbes, um, top restaurants in the world, and RTP, which is world-renowned, and people from all over uh, the globe come to work here. Place at the Table, which is, I'm so proud that that's here in Raleigh. And then Carolina Tiger Rescue, which is just fun. Oh, Carolina Tiger Rescue is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, Everyone so, should go. 
So I, I in fact, yeah, my wife uh, went right after the episode without me because she was just <laughs> she was so excited. <laughs> One episode you mentioned Steve Schul or the mayor of Durham, mm-hmm. um, Steve Schul. This is such a good episode for me. He is someone who is probably at the f- the other far end of the political spectrum than I am. But we both love Durham, mm-hmm. and he is so. When you hear him talk about Durham, he is so passionate about the city. And how can you not appreciate that? And so for me, it was just being very different politically and interviewing a mayor who's from that side of the side of the aisle, I guess. But mm-hmm. that was so cool to say, look, th- this is a he is passionate about Durham, just like I am. He goes about things in a different way than I do. And that's fine. Uh, and we can we can talk about that. But at the end of the day, that was just a really cool episode for me. Gosh, there's so many others. I'll mention one more. You talked about episodes that went in a different direction. There is an episode, uh, and I forget the gentleman that I interviewed his name off the top of my head, but we were talking about ghost stories and talking about uh, specifically in the Triangle and then North Carolina more broad because I don't know how many ghost stories there are specifically in Raleigh. And so talk about subject matter experts. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to ghost stories in North Carolina. So much, in fact... (laughs) That And he knows this. I had to cut out probably 15 minutes of our conversation, hmm. which I, I rarely do. Usually when I'm interviewing someone, I keep everything, even the mess ups, because I think that's more genuine. But he was just such a subject matter expert. He, he went so far deep into the subject, way more than I was expecting that I had to cut material out, which, which was really hard to do. Um, so that went in a different direction. I really wanted to talk about ghost stories you know, fun ghost stories right, and the triangle. Right. He talked about the philosophy behind ghosts and folklore in North Carolina, which was, he's so intelligent and it was clear he knew so much about it, but I initially did not want to talk about that. But listening afterwards, it's like, you know what? That was a good, it was, it was an interesting subject I'd never considered before. I wonder if people who don't make podcasts really understand how special it is to sit across from somebody and have a conversation with them because we so rarely do this. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'll speak for myself. I kind of, I'm running in the same ruts, right? So I see the same people all the time. And even though I am in the world of artists and I see a lot of artists all the time, there's this triangle is quite a large place with lots of people I would never run into if I didn't have a conversation with them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so being exposed to the diversity, as you mentioned, in our area, it's just really brought into my imagination about how we do things here in this place that we all love and we mm-hmm. have that in common and that is really the foundation of the conversation and coming from that place i think and it just feels like it opens me up more mm-hmm. I, I totally agree I, I actually hadn't considered that before but i probably have than a lot of my friends more honest deep conversations with people that maybe strangers if you can call them that mm-hmm. Than they would just because you don't do that when you're in, when you're in Starbucks or another. Oh, let's go local. When yeah. you're in Sola, you know you don't just pick out someone and be like, "Hey, let's talk for forty five minutes." Right. Uh, and let's let's just get to know you and what you do. And so, yeah, that's it. I hadn't considered that. That's interesting. Yeah. And I feel really close to these people too. After I interview them on the podcast, I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah I could call this person. We could hang out again." Sure. You know, <laughs> it's really sure. funny. <laughs> Let's talk about podcasting as an artistic slash creative act. You said, and I'm going to quote you here, you said, I don't tend to consider myself an artsy person, but I am finding there is art to podcasting. 
I do consider myself a creative person, however, which has helped me with podcasting, among other things. We talked about this a little bit in the beginning of our conversation, but I want to go a little bit deeper. So what do you have to say about the art of podcasting? This is interesting because I I love art. I admire it. My parents, grandparents, they are very artistic. I grew up appreciating music and poetry. I still do. Mm. Play the violin. There's my violin. (laughs) Play play the violin, uh, piano. So I I enjoy these things. I I enjoy looking at art. I've never considered myself a very artistic person because I, I don't think I'm good at it. And I, I'm beginning to more, I need to maybe just redefine what I think art is. But podcasting to me wasn't really an art, but it's becoming that way to me because there is art to how, like I said earlier, how you frame questions and how you tell a story. And storytelling is art. That's right. So I, th- I think there's definitely art. Well, it's the art of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? It's art of crafting a conversation. You have to be in the same way that you would create something, you know, visually or write a song, you have to kind of be open to that, that flow and have that kind of flexibility and creativity in order to make something in the moment kind of unfold in the moment. You know what yes. I mean? So it's so funny that you don't consider yourself to be an artsy person when you are a musician. Yeah. When I think of art, and again, I need to redefine things. But when I think of art, I think of paintings. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's just what comes to mind. Yeah. It doesn't, my mind does not immediately go to music. Mm-hmm. Although I, like, I'm often moved to sometimes like tears by, by really good music and everything. So again, I'm just, I need to get over that hump. But I, I have always just considered art to be like paintings yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So, but it's a very broad, it's a much broader category. I had a conversation with somebody who was asking me, about if you come in contact with somebody who wants to be more creative, what advice do you give them? And my advice was basically to choose a different word. Like if you get hung up on the word creative, pick another word. Because some people really have blocks around this idea of how they think of themselves. Like Mm. I'm not a creative person. I'm not an artsy person. For me, I'm not an athletic person. So I have to think of another word that will allow me to express that side of myself it's not that one word that's yeah. that's getting me so stuck. I don't think of myself as an athletic person. I'm not a sporty person, but I still want to move my body. So mm-hmm. I have to reframe that as like, I am an active person yeah. or I like to play, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like in it and I feel good about it. But I think really early in our lives kind of throw up these roadblocks about like who we are and who we aren't. And it cuts off a certain kind of expression. I don't know. I'm all about like trying to find alternative words to get to the end result, the same end result. You know what I mean? That, that's a really good point. And the, the funny thing is I am very comfortable with the word creative yeah. because I I take pride in that with my job. If you're a creative person, you do you do a good job as a, a consultant. You have to be creative. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think in, in a real, I mean, creativity is problem solving and you can it can be different kinds of problems that you're dealing with. But yeah, that's interesting. Like I'm more comfortable with creative. I think that's what's gotten me maybe over that hump mm-hmm. more than considering myself an artsy person. How would you describe your style as a podcaster? I don't take myself too seriously. I haven't from the beginning. Hopefully uh, your listeners will take a look. Uh, <laughs> or Take a me, listen. <laughs> take, a, take a look and listen. Um, but I don't take myself too seriously. I'm, I'm always very professional, uh, very courteous, but... Like 
at the end of the day, it's a conversation. You shouldn't be too rigid when you're talking with people because they're people and it's just, it's a conversation. So I am always having fun. Some of my more fun episodes are obviously going to be with friends. I have two different series um, for people who don't know. There's um, Words with Friends. That's probably copyrighted. But, <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, that's literally with people that I know. And I just maybe they don't have a business or something, but I just want to talk to them about growing up in Raleigh or coming to school here. Mm-hmm. And they have another series called Dinner and Movie. And that's a specific every time it's with my co- uh, co-host, uh, uh, Megan Spell, and she is the most knowledgeable person I know about movies and restaurants in the area. And those are very fun. We're very, we know each other very well. We're very sarcastic with each other. And those are, those are fun. But yeah, when I'm interviewing someone I don't know, it's just a conversation. I'm always polite, but I mean, we're having fun and you should be able to have fun when you're talking about something you enjoy. Right. And I think it also helps your guest feel more at ease because mm-hmm. this, I mean, for you and I, it's not that big of a thing now that we're as many episodes along as we are. But for folks who've never been on a podcast before, I've seen some people get pretty anxious. So yeah. whatever you can do as a host to help them relax into yeah. the conversation, I think is really helpful. And it sounds like you do that with kind of a, a more casual and more humorous down to earth attitude, which I imagine really helps put your people at ease. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, I wouldn't consider myself like the funniest person for sure. There's a lot. Of, I have a lot of friends who are much more uh, hilarious or funny or you know more witty than I am. But I am able to improvise in the moment. I think that has a lot to do or, you know, something they say, you know, make a joke about that, even however lame it is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been fun. It, and it's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering what you think. I've interviewed a couple people. You'll ask them a question. They just they'll give you an answer, but it's going to be a very short answer. They're just personalities not to be very elaborative, maybe like we are. Mm-hmm. So those are the hardest conversations and interviews to, to have because uh, you really have to dig deep and ask specific questions. It's not like what we're doing right now where you ask me a question, I talk for way too long. You know, <laughs> well, I think it, it, runs a, it runs a spectrum, right? Some people give you like three word answers and then some people go on and on and on. And, you know, you have to be like, okay, okay, you know, right. wrap it up. So mm-hmm. I do not find you to be one of those people who, who goes on and on. Okay, your good. answers are perfectly timed. Just perfect. Time. Just perfect. <laughs> Appreciate that. When you think back to where you started and where you are now, what are some of the big learnings about the craft of podcasting? The one that comes to mind first is <clears throat> how to use a mic. <laughs> the the first like three or four episodes that I I did, they're so bad. And not because the content wasn't interesting. It's just it sounded so rough. I did not know how to use a mic. So for example, a handheld mic, you talk, you talk in from like the top down for the mics we're using right now, we're talking to the side. So, but I treated, I had a mic like this and I treated it as you have to talk down and it doesn't work well. Like that. <laughs> so they always sound very garbled and, you know, not, not very crisp and clear, which is so important for podcasting. Mm-hmm. So mechanically that's been something I've learned as far as like bigger ideas, you know, what I've learned about the craft of podcasting, it's being able to ask your, your interviewees to tell stories. Facts about what you do aren't nearly as fun as stories about what you do. Mm-hmm. So if I can get the, list, the person I'm interviewing to tell a story, that's way more interesting to me. That's way more interesting, interesting to the listener as well. But that's hard to do. Obviously, people like talk show hosts are excellent at this. And you, you should, next time your listeners, uh, they, they watch Conan or um, he's, he's a really good one mm-hmm. about this. But like, he, he asks stories 
and that's much more captivating. So that's been good. But I think even bigger than that, the um, what I talked about earlier, which was learning to – I don't have to agree with everyone I interview. In fact, most of the people I, I interview, uh, we have different worldviews, very different. But you still – I mean, they're still human beings and they're still interesting and they still are passionate about what they're passionate about. And I think that's really cool. So. Yeah. That's been uh, maybe more personal thing that I've learned about podcasting. Learning how to ask sort of the right question to get people to give interesting stories. I find that's something that I'm still having to remind myself about. Mm-hmm. And it is it is so interesting really now. I, I listen to podcasts differently. I watch talk shows differently. And I'm focused much more on the host than I am on the guest. And mm-hmm. it used to be the reverse. Because when the guest comes out with something amazing, I'm like, wait, wait, how did that happen? Like, how did you, uh-huh. you know, how did you make that guest disclose all of that right. really interesting information? It does, you have to track that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now you have given presentations about how to start a podcast. Is that right? Yeah. I was not qualified to do this. <laughs> Within the first like four or five months um, of me doing this, by the way, I was getting traction with getting listeners, but I still was very new to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew more than most of the population, 99% mm-hmm. of the population, even at that level. I was invited by a woman named Catherine from St. Mary's uh, School downtown. School's very neat. They they do a lot of interesting things for students. One of those is that they have a day where they just they bring in quote unquote experts. Mm-hmm. I say that most people are experts, and me. <laughs> um, they brought us on campus to share about a subject we liked, and the the students could go to different quote you know classes. And there were a lot of people. I presented to a group of students about how to start a podcast and what podcasting is all about. Uh, I enjoy being with students and especially college students outside of like what I do for fun. Uh, mentoring them with my wife. So I think it was fun to to go there and teach them about the subject I like so much. So what would you say if somebody, and I'm sure people are doing this already, somebody contacted you and said, I want to start a podcast. <laughs> Where do, What do I do? What do you tell them? The funny thing is my, my brother is going to start a podcast. I like to say it's because of me. Uh, <laughs> he is an avid listener of the podcast, which is which is really cool. We d- we didn't really grow up together too much. He's uh, ten years older than me, uh, so he's always been in the Air Force, traveling mm. all over the place. But this you know this thing is united. He loves keeping up with me through the podcast, among other things. Mm-hmm. He is one person. There's been several, but he is the most recent that has come to me and said, "Hey, how do I start a podcast? What do I do?" and the biggest advice I'd give to people, and we've talked about this, my brother and I, a lot, but like, what makes you unique? For example, I think it'd be interesting to start a, biz- a podcast about business because I'm still figuring that out. I think it's a really interesting subject. It's so broad. Every every human on earth has had to do some sort of thing with business. So, But what would make me unique? What would make people want to listen to that? In some cases, the f- if you're famous enough, if you're a celebrity, people listen because they think you're funny or they they know you and they think, oh, this this product, I like other things they do. This must be cool, too. If you're not well known, like, why are people going to choose to listen to you rather than the other dozens and possibly hundreds of podcasts out there about business? Right. I'm just giving one subject. Right. Sports is another big one where mm-hmm. everyone has an opinion about sports. Most people, even if you're an active person. <laughs> um, but a lot of people have a lot of people have opinions about sports, but like. Okay, what makes you so interesting apart from another podcast or another right. voice out there? So I'd say find 
find what makes you unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was something that I couldn't figure out when I first started the podcast. I didn't know how much to insert myself into it mm-hmm. and my point of view or my personality. And But I think you are 100% correct. If you're going to go through all of the labor involved in starting a podcast and maintaining a podcast, you have to choose something that's interesting to you, that you want to learn about, mm. and that you all also have something to say about. All of those things, I think, have to be true in order for it to be more than just a two-episode experience. Yeah. You brought up something interesting, which is like how much of yourself to insert. And I'm still having to be really conscious about this. Because I thought, well, people want to know the content. They don't really care that it's, they don't really care to know about me. That's not true. I just recently, or not recently, but like a few months ago was thinking about like, why do I like the podcast that I like besides the subject? And it's because I think I feel a personal connection to the host or hosts. And I'm thinking that's like for a while, I wasn't doing that. And that's so wrong. I'm depriving like people, yes, like the subject, but they, they come back and the repeat listeners come because they they like you as a person. So it, it is a good thing to insert yourself mm-hmm. into it, but it's hard to do. It's hard to talk about yourself and without seeming braggy. Or right, whatever. right. It feels vulnerable and also like really narcissistic at the yes, same time. Yeah. And so it's how to kind of walk that line. But I completely agree with you. The podcast that I like, I like because I'm learning. I feel like I have a relationship with this person who's talking in my ear, basically. And now I'm that person. <laughs> so how to kind of negotiate that has been an interesting journey. One of my favorite jokes, this it was like a comic or something. And uh, this little girl was like, uh, mommy, how are podcasts made? And then the mom was like, well, uh, when two men really love what they're saying. <laughs> that ended right there. I thought that was so fantastic. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you did. <laughs> Boy, we were totally geeked out on the podcast humor just now. Um, Yes, exactly. You don't want to be that comic, right? But there is something to that. What is next for the 919 podcast? I was like, holy crap. It's a a big question. Um, Next for the 919 podcast. When I started out, my dream, and this is not happening. It's going to happen because she's retiring soon. Uh, Hopefully she has more time on her schedule. Sherry Berry. Yes. I want her Do on it. the podcast. She is so hard to to get on like on her I can't get on her schedule. It is <laughs> unreal. And I've by the way, there's been some pretty important people that I've again, not being narcissistic, mm-hmm. there's been some really interesting like people that have crazy busy schedules. They fit me in because 30, everyone can do 30 minutes. Right. She is so difficult to track down. I've talked to her assistants and nothing like mm-hmm. So that's what's next. I'm going to get her on the podcast. I might quit after that. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, once you've achieved that, I mean, what else is there? What else that? is after yeah. Sherry Berry? Yeah. She's the pinnacle of um, – if you're listening to this, reach out, the919podcast at gmail.com or tweet at me. I mean, jokingly, but not jokingly, she would be really cool to have a podcast. Um, yeah, I think overall I, I don't have any grand illusions that like this is going to be uh, my full-time job. And I really enjoy the other the day job I have. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing that. This is such a fun hobby, though. And you know what? At the end of the day, if I am learning a lot and there's other people who are learning, that's honestly that's success to me. I 
I went in thinking I would have five listeners and now I have a lot more and that's that's been really cool. So as far as next, it's just continuing to interview. There's so much happening. There's um, soon on the podcast, I'm going to have, <clears throat> I'm really excited about this particular episode, talking about the stadium that's going to go downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't wait to share that with the listeners. So stuff like that. There's all kinds of things happening in the triangle. So there's always going to be a new story to tell. What do you think are common misconceptions about making a podcast? You mean like the difficulty of it? It's not difficult. I like for people to think that it is because it makes me seem more impressive. But it, honestly, it's it's a matter of if you have um, you know a computer mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that has GarageBand or whatever uh, uh, Windows users, I'm, I'm sure they have a similar program. But you have GarageBand, you have some sort of mic, which, by the way, your headphones that come with your phone or you can buy, they probably have a mic on them. So, I mean, there you you have your equipment right there. And if you have some sort of recording device, you can make a podcast. There's some expenses as far as like you have to buy an RSS feed, uh, which people don't really think about. You have to you have to buy it. You have to purchase a space on a hosting site. And then I think the biggest use of resources is time because mm. it just is so much time especially when you don't have a team you and i don't have a teams behind us to, to do we have to figure out the logistics and scheduling on top of like the actual content but i mean honestly it's if you're driven you you can make a podcast uh, i don't know how successful it's going to be but i mean it, it's not it's not difficult it's just it requires a lot of attention mm-hmm. maybe that's a good way of putting it mm-hmm. so yeah is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't covered? No, I, I've really, again, I'm just really thankful we got to actually sit down and have a conversation and have you on the 911 podcast at some point because uh, you and uh, we had Jennifer Dassel mm-hmm. uh, from uh, NC Museum of Art. That was so cool because she has her own podcast about art, but it's more for like a bigger audience and more broad, It's yeah. which, which is cool. And, there, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely a a viewership for that mm-hmm. so it's cool to have her on i'd love to have you on at some point but no i'm just uh, yeah i hope everyone gives the 919 podcast a listen and let me know what you think so awesome thank you so much i will put links in the show notes thank to you. some of the episodes that we talked about sure. as well as the podcast more generally and i really appreciate the attention that you are giving to this area that that we both really love thanks so much john thank you For more information and to become a patron, please visit artistsoapbox.org. For any questions or just to say hello, email us at artistsoapbox at gmail.com and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.